Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. We all know that forests will play a key role in combating climate change and the biodiversity crisis that we're facing. In this series, we explore how innovation, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. In this episode, we will take stock of 2021 as a year. We will talk about technology and our innovations within technology, about digitalization, systems integrity performance, and everything to do with geospatial. More specifically, I have invited Mark Jessel, FSC's Chief Systems Integrity Officer, Scott McQueen, who is FSC's Senior Technology Officer, and of course, Michael Maruz, our Chief Information Officer and Director of IT. Let's hear how they recap 2021 and what they are looking forward to here in 2022. Welcome, Michael, Mark, and Scott, and, and thank you to the all three of you for taking the time to help me wrap up the year 2021 and look into what we're going to do in 2022. Michael, I'd like to start with you. It's been quite a busy year. If you look back, what have been like the top three things that has occupied your time? Thank you so much. Loa and three, I think we have more than three. One major area has been stakeholder engagement platforms and apps. And you definitely remember we had a virtual GA this year. That wasn't just virtual participation. It was also members being able to vote on motions for the board of directors elections for a whole set of things in terms of digital platforms for engagement. I think that digital audit reporting was another major milestone to cover last year. And in fact, we released our force management online template at the end of last year, having worked with certification bodies on really the specification of what kind of data is needed from those digital audit reports to move beyond the PDFs and actually make it data. I think that the third one has to be blockchain. We developed a blockchain IT platform. We brought that platform into a beta release where we released it into two supply chains, one in the Ukraine, one in China. We onboarded and spoke with and worked with the certified companies in those supply chains to gauge from them what kind of ease is there in bringing certification data, at least at the transaction level, to an FSC blockchain. What kind of value do they get out of it? And what kind of value do they foresee that kind of platform providing in the future? We had tens of thousands of transactions in that pilot alone. We saw the different levels of potential of standardization. How easy it, is it for a certified company to standardize a bit of how they manage their materials accounting for FSC certified materials and how easy it is for them to plug it into our blockchain. We also got quite a bit of feedback from that on if you can really connect up a supply chain from the source all the way to the final product, 
can we not get some extra benefits out of that when we trade across borders where legality documentation and proof is required? Can we allow that kind of information also to flow from the source all the way to the final product? So we've conducted those pilots and I think that's probably one of the most significant things that happened in, in 2021. And luckily we have a full podcast episode coming up on the blockchain pilot. So people wanting to dive into that will be able to very soon. Were these the three things that you thought would take up your time in 2021 when you started the year? And They clearly were planned. The amount of time and the kind of engagement to really make progress on them and actually deliver them, that's something that is very much new. A lot of this is very new territory for FSC. We've had voting systems for members and we've had transaction verification spreadsheets and so forth. But if you take digital audit reporting, that really is new territory. Certification bodies take a specification in our standards that say, this is what must be reported in a public summary. This is what you must collect when you're doing the audit, et cetera. Making that data capable where we can get comparative data to really understand what's coming out of those audits and those certified forests is a different story. It means really aligning, understanding what data is relevant, what language capabilities are really necessary on the ground where audits are taking place. So it's quite complex. It can be quite complex to really engage, to get the understanding, to be able to provide and institute information technologies that really hit the target. But I think we've had some great success. We've had great engagement. Even on blockchain, stakeholders really didn't raise any large red flags, but they really wanted to say, in general, we already show our compliance. We can do that in our own national context, for example. And we encourage them to plug that into the FSC blockchain so that you can have an international context and a certification context of all of that compliance that you have. And so it, it, it was an easy sell in that sense. But again, it took engagement. It took really aligning on some of the dirty details of how things operate on the ground. So yes, they were planned, but maybe not as we foresaw when starting the plan, but things did, I think, turn out quite well. And I guess this all comes back to when we started this podcast series, I think it's one and a half year ago now, we were talking a lot about the spaghetti ball of different tools we had in FSC, how we untangle them and get them all to work together and take them to a whole new level. Are you happy with where we are now in the digital transformation of FSC after yet another year? I think I'm definitely happy where we are, but I'm not satisfied that we have overcome all of the barriers that we had when we started this journey. We have some important pain points to deal with, but you know what? We've taken an approach that wasn't an approach that required us to turn off one platform and turn on another one or replace one immediately. We allowed FSC to continue working, but improving and progressing over this time. That progress has led to things like the blockchain and, and apps and digital audit reporting, but we know that there are other things that we need to really work on now. And a lot of the behind the scenes work on getting some of the data in a position so that we can 
really deliver valuable applications and services on top of that data, a lot of that is in place. So some of those final pain points on certification management, a public database and apps that can make certification more accessible, those are definitely ones that in the pipeline are, are foreseeable. So this digital transformation, definitely happy with our, our work so far, but not satisfied that we've completely overcome some of the major barriers. But you know what? They're not as major now because of the work that we've done so far. And luckily you get to dive deeper into what it is that we're going to be doing in the upcoming year in just a few minutes. But before we get to that, I'd like to actually bring you in, Mark. I guess you soon will have your one-year anniversary with FSC. And I'd actually like to ask you the same questions that I asked Michael. What's your top three, and are you happy with where we're at at this point? I would say that the first priority that I've had to tackle has been really to build the team. Up until the point at which I, I joined, system integrity as a function didn't exist within FSC. So what I've had to do is build capacity, bring in additional staff, both on the supply chain integrity side and on the dispute side. One of the key priorities has been to bring together two teams that hadn't previously worked together. One of them, the Policy for Association dispute team, which is focused partly on case management and partly on actually transforming the whole dispute system and our supply chain integrity team that's focused on the certificates themselves. So that has definitely been a top priority and I'm pleased with how that has panned out. We've got a great team. We have also brought in, importantly, a communications manager that is able to help us communicate all of the great work that we're doing to our stakeholders. That's the first priority. The second priority has been, I would say, it's been about developing and testing new tools. Uh, now, Michael's referenced the blockchain piece, which is crucial and which he's leading on. Complementary to that are two other tools that I would single out. One of them is all of the work that we're doing to develop our wood identification technology capability, in particular, one pilot, which we are planning to see how we can use stable isotope testing in a systematic way to help us trace and track the provenance of timber across high-risk supply chains. Although the pilots have yet to kick off, a lot of the planning has taken place over the past year, and I'm pleased with the direction that's heading in. The second, I think, um, important tool that we have been working to develop over the past year relates to risk-based interventions. And in particular, what we've been developing is a data-driven model that enables us to really categorize supply chains in accordance with the risk level that comes with them. And we're drawing very much from data that we have acquired over the past 10 to 12 years based on our knowledge uh, and analysis of certificates, but also drawing from publicly available data such as the Corruption Perceptions Index, for example. And this model is going to give us a credible way, really, of, of categorizing all of our supply chains. And, and that, in turn, will enable us to target some of our tools to the higher risk supply chains. So I think that's definitely 
something that's taken up quite a bit of our time and will continue to be developed in 2022. I think the last priority would be around the dispute transformation piece in particular. It's really a strategic piece of work that we're leading on. Uh, how to sort of present it in lay terms, I would say it's really about developing a rule book for FSC to uphold the policy for association, both in terms of how we handle the our cases of companies that fall foul of the policy for association, and also crucially how we provide a route back into the system for those companies with whom we have dissociated and that want a roadmap back in. So the outcome of all of this process is going to be fundamentally for us to have this kind of what I call a rule book in place. We have been updating the policy for association itself. The FSC remedy framework uh, is under consultation at the moment. We've been working with our colleagues on the policy to address conversion and the associated procedure. All of this is coming together under the broad banner of our transformation agenda, and it will enable us to, I think, much more efficiently manage the cases that are in our pipeline and any future cases that emerge. And that's quite a lot of work for somebody who's only one year in. Scott, I'd like to uh, transition to you. This is your first time on the podcast. Welcome. You're yeah, facing you. FSC. How long have you yeah. been with FSC now? Staggering six months. And I'm Ooh. so excited to be here. And it, it kind of rolled with the whole thing, the whole idea that what are your top priorities coming in? And in six months, have you been able to accomplish anything is probably what I would look at as well. I Coming in, I had three main goals. The, the first one was really to support Michael and support FSC's digital transformation. I have a career in the technology industry, and part of the reason I came to FSC was FSC's mission is very important to me and very near and dear. So being able to help a digital transformation in this industry around forest products is one of my main motivators actually for even coming to work here. So the second one was driving new partnerships. The whole entire thing with our digital transformation is very technically complicated. And so to do that correctly, it's really beneficial to have new partnerships within the technology industry. So focusing on companies like Esri, the GIS software giant, DocuSign, Tableau, among others, Planet Imagery, even Amazon, Trimble. Those were all targets for me to go out and develop good relationships with so we could work with them more closely. Because what Michael's trying to do is really cutting edge, especially around blockchain, chain of custody, those sorts of things. So that was my second priority. The third priority was actually helping lead within the technology and information unit that Michael's the CIO over. And that actually manifested in being on the board of directors for another nonprofit called World Forest ID. And that's been a wonderful experience. And it's a fledgling nonprofit focused on isotope testing. So you're able to track wood fiber to monitor basically if it's been illegally harvested or not. And my role within that board of directors was really looking at their technology framework. So those are my three main things that I've been focused on this year. Hmm. Very interesting. Maybe we can just recap for listeners what your role is in FSC. 
Yeah. My role, what is my role? I'm the senior technology officer here within FSC. I'm based in the Seattle area and that's on purpose. Honestly, there's so much of the tech industry is on the West coast of the U S that it's very beneficial to be located here. So it sounds like the three of you have had really busy years and knowing all of you, that won't slow down in 2022. Michael, this is when you get to talk about all of the stuff you have going on that will be next up in line. What are our priorities for the upcoming year? Our priorities are aligned to continuing progress and building upon a lot of the work that we did. So one of the platforms that we've instituted over this last year and a half is called the FSC Connect platform. And what it is, is very much a suite of tools or portals for stakeholders to do certain things with FSC. For example, our blockchain is a part of that FSC Connect platform, or there are certification body resources there in the FSC Connect platform, or members can register for events through the FSC Connect platform. And we'd like to continue improving on that platform, both looking at what we've learned. So doing a bit more usability and user experience studies so that we can identify where it needs to be improved, but also expanding some of those services so that trademark online services for certified companies to print their labels. Today, they have a, a platform that they can use provided by FSC, but it's one that really needs to be revamped and modernized to give more technological sophistication and capabilities that are expected by our certificate holders. So that connect platform is one important set of projects that, that we'll continue with this next year. I think the continued work on data standardization is important. One project that is a priority is to digitize. And I know that you've talked to our team before on this LOA, it's called the database of standards, really making our FSE policies and standards a, a database basically. So that that database of standards can be used. Yes. Just like it is today for documentation of our standards and extending those standards to the parties that need to, to be able to read them and understand them, but also the capability of picking out and building tools for those who need to understand what's relevant to them so that really the database is relational and can really get answers to questions you may have about FSC certification. So mm -hmm. that again is another priority uh, project that we have for 2022. What about blockchain? We're finishing up the, the pilot. Yeah, that's, what will happen? That's what I was going to talk about next. I know we'll have a podcast on this specific thing, but we have very good learnings from it. Learnings from our own having built a platform and conducted the, the pilots, but also important needs that have come from certified companies. So we will be enhancing our blockchain platform. We plan to conduct a another beta of the blockchain extending beyond just two supply chains, but still focused on Ukraine and China. But there are a couple of important things that will come in this next six months to 12 months period in continuing development of the IT platform, but also onboarding Assurance Services International into this because it's an important part of looking at compliance. So it's the right time to bring them in. 
But there's also another aspect that I think is important. We, what we realize is that connecting up the supply chain all the way to the final product, there's quite a bit of opportunity to perhaps build special functions for finished products. Finished products have labels. They have generally encoded labels that have a lot of meta information about that product. What we'd like to do is look at how our blockchain could contribute to some of the verified supply chain aspects of what goes into labeling a product so that we can ensure that those products are recognized as being FSC certified. So we have quite a bit of development and expansion of the platform that's planned, both in terms of going to a broader beta, also finding our, our way to open this up to a broader set of high-risk supply chains, not just based on the, the countries that I mentioned before, but opening up to more high-risk supply chains and working with Mark and his team to identify those. Mark, I can't help but notice that both you and Michael talk about high-risk supply chains, which makes it sound like the work that you will be doing, both in Michael's part of the team and in your part of the team, will be closely integrated in 2022. Yes, most certainly. 2022 is when we will actually be um, starting to go live with the risk-based interventions model. And that means very practically deploying it so that certifying bodies can apply the right kind of auditing protocol to any given certificate holder. So this is going to be quite transformational in many respects, because I think so far it's fair to say that on the whole, we've had a one-size-fits-all approach towards certificates with some variation based on advice notes and interpretations, which are country-specific. But here, this model will enable us to have a much more tailored approach. So that's going to be an important piece of work for us to see through in 2022. And this sounds like it also is very closely interconnected with the stable isotope archiving that we talked about in episode 36, but maybe you can just give a few words here about what that is. Right. So one of the tools which is very complementary, I think, to blockchain and which is going to enable us to trace the provenance of timber is this stable isotope testing. Essentially, it's a technology which recognizes that wood fiber consists of, of particles like carbon, like hydrogen, and the ratio of these different particles varies in accordance with both the species and the actual location of that particular wood in the world. So over time, what we are going to do is build what we're calling an ISO archive, an archive of all of the different isotope profiles of these different species. And that will enable us to test samples from up and down the supply chain against these reference samples and provide ourselves and provide stakeholders with an assurance that the wood that is certified really comes from the FSE certified source. And this sounds like something that would also actually join up with everything that Michael is talking about blockchain and using those in high-risk supply chains. It's very complementary because what blockchain does is it verifies the transactions up and down the supply chain, but what it doesn't do is enable us to trace the, the provenance of the timber. So if we pair together the ISO archiving technology with blockchain, then you begin to have a set of tools which really enables you to get a very 
strong degree of assurance that the wood is from a certified source. So I think that will come together. It it may come together towards the end of 2022 or more likely 2023, where we actually bring together both of these technologies and see how they work together. But I think that's definitely the direction of travel for us in system mm-hmm. integrity and in FSC as a whole. And Scott, I, I assume that all of this, and I might be wrong here, but I assume that all of this will also be interconnected with everything that you're doing in Earth observation and on the GIS portal. We also saw in 2021 that one of the few motions that got approved by our membership was really the obligation for all uh, forest owners that are certified to provide us with a boundary file of the shape of their forests. So can you reveal how you see earth observation and GIS fitting into some of the tools and platforms that Michael and Mark has just been talking about and what your plans are for 2022? Absolutely. Yeah. And I have to say, I was so excited to, to see that policy motion 61 pass. If you think about what we do with certification, the where aspect of it is probably one of the most critical pieces, especially as we look at chain of custody. The blockchain projects and ecosystem that he's building out will have a where component to it as well. So you can see how those transactions, where they occurred and the rest of that. So GIS and what we do with the GIS technology, you're going to see a significant ramp up. We're lucky to have some really talented folks. Andres is our GIS coordinator here at FSC. We have several big things we're doing. We're working on version two of our GIS portal. And basically with that, we'll be putting in more imagery and some other functions, including the ability for our uh, certificate holders to do those digital map submissions. So a lot of GIS stuff will be happening in this upcoming year. We've got some vegetation analysis that we're going to do, and we're leveraging more and more the Esri GIS software. Michael and I went to California and actually met with Jack Dangerman, who is the CEO of Esri, the company, and basically obtained commitment from him to help us however we need to really do some of this stuff. So I think that as far as geospatially GIS, Earth observation, Michael mentioned earlier that he's got a good framework in place for from the past year's worth of work. And I feel like we also have that in place with our GIS now, and now it's really time to start leveraging it. So again, super excited about what's coming with GIS in 2022. Can we give a glimpse of what would the tangible benefits be after 2022 in terms of what we're doing with GIS and Earth observation if you are a certificate holder out there? Yeah, one of the things we're working on is the ability for those certificate holders to actually log into our system and create their own maps. It sounds basic and simple, but it's very high value, especially if you're a community forest where you may not have access to sophisticated tools. So for you to be able to come in, draw a boundary around your harvest unit or even your property and create a digital map of that so you could print it out or even share it digitally would be a very tangible early win. I think some of the other things that you'll start to see is the increased use of satellite imagery. One of the partnerships that I've started working on is with Planet Imagery, who have satellites that do daily flights of the globe. And we're working on the idea of a product that will allow, it's called change detection. 
So watching for illegal logging might be one piece of that. And being able to see that day-to-day is of a huge benefit. Another thing that the geospatial aspect, the GIS technology you're going to see come into play is we have our newer group here within FSC of the Climate and Ecosystem Services. I think Asger's been on your program before, Loa. Asger's ability to lay out carbon projects is also very much a GIS tool or GIS function, if you will. So Asger and I have been working on looking at a variety of spatial technologies to do some of that stuff. And are we thinking that will pan out in 2022? We actually are looking at cooperating with an open source platform called Flint that's already in place. So that that may not... <laughs> I would say that part of it's probably not going to be open to our certificate holders, but it will be a tool that we're using here internally at FSC. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Michael, it seems to me when listening to the three of you that we're really starting to move quite a lot faster uh, towards that grand dream of the web of FSC digital tools that we were talking in episode one with you and Kim about. Do you think that 2022 will be the year where we will actually start to see some of those, which used to be standalone applications that we've been developing over years? Do you think that 2022 will be the year where we start seeing those standalone applications join up and be interoperable? My answer is, of course, yes. 2022 will be where we get beyond the crossroads of having a lot of legacy things to deal with and having some really great new opportunities with better technologies that we've instituted and developed. Here's the year where we really tried to get to where we had envisioned. I'll just give you an example. You mentioned interoperability. The whole idea of FSC Connect was to make something that has the appropriate user experience that doesn't require someone to go through so many hoops to do one thing with FSC or do another thing with FSC. It really tries to be almost like, sorry, I have to say it, like the Google of FSC certification where no one really ever has to contact Google to ask them a question or say, I have a problem. They generally have the tools available to work out the issues or to find the information that they need and get things done and find good, rich sets of information that are relevant. That's our benchmark. Can we make sure that our stakeholders can do all of the things that they do? Vote as a member, print labels, and and provide promotional materials to those markets that you work in as a certified company or a promotional license holder. It really needs to come together so that when you as a stakeholder come into FSC's digital platforms, it's clear where you navigate to do the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. What will be the determining factor in in that becoming a reality? Because you know, I would love for FSC to be the Google of forest certification. The determining factor. I think that there are operational determining factors, meaning we finally cut off our old certification database and have only the modernized database, both for management of certification data, but also presenting it and making it available publicly. We have certification database and even apps that can make certification data more accessible to those who need to be able to search and they don't have a computer to lag around. They have their mobile device. So yes, definitely in the plans to modernize 
certification data at its core. So I think that's one benchmark is to see those operational items out of the picture, finally. But you know what I think is the most important one is that we, and we get feedback from stakeholders on problems or even on successes. Our virtual GA, it was overwhelming to hear members, board members, other participants really satisfied with their ability to participate in using information technology tools that we provided. But we also hear where the problems are, the issues. We want to hear them. Why? We want to improve the platform so you don't have to come to us a, a second time. If we can get the type of feedback that really tells us that we're successful from those stakeholders, then that really is the benchmark for me. That tells me everything. So there's mm -hmm. that practical aspect of actually retiring some of these final old legacy IT systems, but it's also really understanding and just getting the hard numbers, who's able to participate and get things done. One thing, Loa, that we realize is there's still a lot of work to be done. And so it's because FSC touches so many different aspects of sustainability in supply chains, in forest management. So there, there is a lot to be done. Extending digital audit reporting and looking how it could benefit also COC reporting. Yeah, I think that's something that, that absolutely has to be looked at. It's the next natural step for digital audit reporting. I mentioned already the database of standards, but even on GIS work, I think that the fact that the motion 61 was passed, we need to be ready for map submission and workflows that enable certified companies to submit their data. We also, like Scott said, we need to make sure that they can access platforms. If they can't create their own digital maps, we could also look at giving them the tools to do that so that they could submit their map data to FSC. We also need to go deeper in that geospatial analysis. What about vegetation analysis? What about historical land cover and historical trends? All of these things are important. And now that we have a GIS portal that has those analytical capabilities, let's take it to the next step. Let's get high resolution imagery to see what really we can do with that platform. So there is so much work to be done in every sense, stakeholder facing solutions, GIS, integrity related platforms, clearly in a, an exciting time, quite a bit of work to be done. Knowing you, Michael, I don't think you will ever get done. I think you will always have such a long list because every time you get done with something, you just come up with a new idea. Yeah, you're, I think you're right, Loa. I do tend to do that, but I think it's also important to be able to react to new needs, changing needs. Mm -hmm. Things do change. It's part of life. Absolutely agree. Final question to all three of you, and I'll come to you one at a time. Michael, you get to start. If I get back to you then in a year from now, what do you hope to be able to report to me? That we have been successful in developing enhancements to blockchain so that it can be really valuable to certified companies who want to put in their data, but get something back. Meaning I don't want to just see that what I put in is verified. I want to know that all the materials I am handling are compliant down to the source. I also want to see analytical capabilities to come out of our blockchain. If there are problems in a supply chain, how can they be identified immediately? Where does the verification happen? How can the assurance system be informed? 
So I think those are really important things to work out. And hopefully I'll be able to report to you great success in those aspects. My hope is also to take our FSC Connect to a new level. So we'll again, look at usability, look at how it functions, find that Google way of bringing usability and self-service, meaning I should be able to do it on my own. I never have to ask FSC to help me do something, even as simple as resetting my password or giving some type of verification that is required. Really, I hope to be able to report that's a reality. And we're actually near that reality, but we want to continue working and, and providing progress there. I also hope finally that our GA in whatever form, I'm really hoping that it, it has the form that's in, that's planned, which is in person and that any digital aspects all the way from voting to any other type of participation or registration and engagement in the GA is truly facilitated through technology again this year and that it's even better than last year. I do hope we get to go in person as well. Mark, if I then turn to you, Michael was hoping for strong system integrity. What do you hope to be able to report? Well, I also hope for strong system integrity. I think the thing to note is that we're very much on a, a, a journey to shift our system integrity from a retrospective investigative approach to much more of a compliance-based approach. That's the journey that we're on, but we're not there yet. So by the end of the year, what I would really expect is that we will have implemented an ambitious program of integrity investigations with our assurance partners, ASI, that these investigations will have enabled us to unearth issues that need to be unearthed, that we will have dealt assertively with any kind of infringements that we uncover through those investigations. My expectation at the end of the year is that we will have made very significant headway in rolling out the risk-based interventions procedure, enabling us to really identify the high-risk supply chains and tailor our auditing protocols to the level of risk of a particular certificate holder. My expectation is that we will have also, by the end of the year, come to or got close to closing out our ISO archiving pilots enabling us to form a really clear vision as to whether we can build this ISO archiving tool into our wider system integrity toolkit. If we achieve all of those different things, then we'll have had a good year. And I think the last point is that by the end of the year, my hope and expectation is that we will have that rule book that I talk about in place, the FSC remedy framework, an updated policy for association, all of these normative tools that will enable us to uphold, protect, defend our policy for association across the whole of the FSC system. <laughs> and a busy year too. What about you, Scott? What do you hope to be yeah. able to report? Yeah, I... I'm in awe every time I sit down with the people here at FSC. So what I hope to report, and I'm, I'm actually going to make a prediction. Michael and Mark, we've been talking about all these amazing things coming down the pipe and that this is our focus for 2022. I, I'm going to make a prediction that we're going to get this stuff done this year. Everything we talked about, I just really believe it's going to happen. And the reason I believe that is technology is like a wheel. 
And it takes a while to get it spun up. And it's a lot of work. Those early days of getting the systems in place and databases and all the rest of that stuff is actually boring. And you don't honestly see a lot of value right out of the chute. But then the wheels start spinning and more and more things happen and it, it gains momentum. And where we're at at FSC right now is the wheel is really starting to spin. You're going to see more things happening. So all of that aside, one of the things that I'm really working hard on is an FSC technology consortium. Again, I keep looking back at these partnerships with tech companies as critical to keeping that wheel spinning and getting out in front of things. So in March, we'll have our first meeting of our FSC Technology Consortium. That is focused on tech companies partnering with FSC. So DocuSign, Esri, all of these companies have already committed to participate in it. And it's really a forum of partners for information sharing, expertise sharing, thought leadership, and collaborative problem solving on these big problems that we're grappling with here at FSC. So at the end of 2022, the prediction is that everything we've talked about here today will have come to pass and we're going to have a very tight relationship with some really important technology companies. That sounds super exciting and I'll re-invite you for podcasting on that particular subject alone. Thank you all three of you for humoring me and participating in this uh, interview. It looks like you have a busy year ahead as always, but it also looks like things are really starting to happen and come together. So I'm quite excited to follow along on this journey. That concludes my conversation with Michael, Mark and Scott. I always get so inspired and enthusiastic on behalf of the FSC system when I talk to these three guys. Imagine if their dreams come true. Imagine if we in 2022 will get to a state of interoperability, of releasing a lot of those tools that we've been working so long and so hard on. Imagine if Scott is right and the wheel in our technology unit isn't just built, but it will start spinning and it will start spinning fast. That is my 2022 dream and I do hope it comes true. If you want to follow all of our work, if you want to listen in and hear whether it does come true, if you want to get notified about all of the upcoming episodes, I strongly encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovations and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me on digitalinput at fsc.org. I am Laura Worm and this was Forest for the Future.